take a little of that orange juice there, Miss Crump. Amen. Freshly squeeze while you wait on it. All right. So are you in Genesis chapter 3? I want to do six verses. And after that, I give you my subject. You can take your seat. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Let's read together. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, as God says, you shall not even eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, your, your eyes shall be opened, you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and, and he did eat. You may be seated. We're going to pray. We're going to get right into God's word. Amen. So, Father, we thank you now for your word. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Now, we thank you for the anointing that's in us and upon us that destroy every yoke and lift every burden. And you use us for your glory. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. In the name of of our Lord Jesus, we pray. All that agree with that prayer set? Amen. Amen. I'm going to make some statements. Matter of fact, I, <coughs> excuse me. I make statements. One of the statements that I make is this. This is my 40th year of ministry. And because of it, I have learned a few things. I haven't learned everything, but I've learned a few things. And salvation, salvation is so important until not many people have found it. I did a teaching some time ago on find the tree of life. And the reason why I said it is because I don't think people understand the purpose of going to a local assembly. You go in the church because you're looking for something. You want to make sure you have found the tree of life. You can go to different churches, but your whole purpose is, I'm looking for something. Because until you find the tree of life, you have not found the tree of life. Amen? So in this teaching today, I'm going to get into it, but I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know how far I'm going to get. Uh, I will be ministering next Sunday, 9-11, so if I don't get it today, I get it next week, you know. But I've been talking about the administration of the Spirit, and the series we own now is called the Ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's responsibility is to make sure you're saved. Jesus died so you could be. The Holy Spirit responsibility 
is to make sure you know what it is and get it. So that's why nobody was born again in the old covenant. Nobody was born again. They didn't have the spirit. We are the dispensation who's under the dispensation of grace who have the spirit. Listen to me now. Listen to me. Who have the spirit, okay? So I want to show you that in the word of God. You're in a dispensation. Look at Romans 6, 14. I'm going to be uh, ministering, but uh, I, 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 I listen to the spirit. That's the only way I can minister. The greatest thing that has happened to me in my life is the Holy Spirit in me and the Holy Spirit coming upon my life. This is the greatest thing that has happened to me in my life. And I said the greatest by far, the greatest thing that has happened in my life. People of old time always call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit giving you the knowledge of who he is. Just a little touch. All right, now, in this teaching, yeah, just a I talked about last week, how did the serpent beguile Eve? Now, we just got through reading you Genesis. Look at Romans 6, 14 on the screen. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but you are under grace. What are you under? Grace. You have to know the dispensation you're under. You're under the dispensation of grace. The dispensation before you was law, but that's over. We know that in Luke 16, 16. We're just going to go a little bit. Thank you. And in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 16 and 16, when, when, the, when the time came that John the Baptist ended his ministry, it was the end of the law. Romans chapter, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Luke 16, 16. So when John the Baptist's ministry ended, the Bible said the law and the prophets were to John. So we know when John came, it was the end of the law. At that time, the Bible says, since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. So the kingdom of God began from the time that Jesus Christ announced his ministry. Matter of fact, when John the Baptist announced his ministry, now go to Matthew 4, 23. So you have to understand the, the law and the prophets ended. Then from that time, we have now what you call the gospel of the kingdom. Now, the gospel of the kingdom was from the time Jesus Christ, I'm waiting, just put that when you find it, Matthew 4, 23. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching their synagogue, preaching what? The gospel of the kingdom. So you have to understand the gospel of the kingdom is not the gospel you are getting taught now here, here. Now, there are a lot of churches that are preaching the gospel of the kingdom because they do not understand the gospel of the kingdom ended with the apostle Paul preaching to the Jews. When he closed out the book of Acts, he was still trying to get the Jews to, preach, to receive the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom was not to Gentiles. The gospel of the kingdom was to Jews. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness. So you can see what the gospel of the kingdom is. Healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases among the people. So the gospel of the kingdom ministered to the man on the outside. Healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. We lay hands on the sick, we pray for the sick. That's the gospel of the kingdom. But the gospel of Christ is what you have for as your salvation is concerned. So now here we preach the gospel of Christ, you see. 
So the Bible tells us about the gospel of Christ. Somebody give me one scripture on the gospel of Christ. Romans 1, 15, 16. It's very easy, isn't it? Romans 1, 15, when Paul was preaching. See, Paul preached the gospel of Christ. Only the gospel of Christ can save the soul. The gospel of the kingdom is to minister to you in your physical needs. I pray for the sick. I lay hands on the sick all the time, pretty much every day. Seeing people healed. That's the gospel of the kingdom. But that's not for your soul. It's for your body. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. See, and Jesus Christ did not save you by preaching to you. If Jesus had not died, you couldn't be saved. Right? So he had to die to give you his life. So much as enemy is, Paul says, I'm ready to preach the gospel unto you. Well, what gospel? And verse number 16 says, I, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. See, you see the difference in the gospel? I just showed you the gospel of the kingdom. Now I show you the gospel of Christ. So you got to understand, when you go into a ministry, you need to know what the ministry is ministering. Because I can't get saved. Watch what it says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is, now the gospel means good news. The good news. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ. You see? For it is the power of God. See, the gospel of Christ is what? The power of God. It's the power of God under salvation. Otherwise, this is how you say To everyone that believes, he told you what you had to do. The Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, I'm going to read from the NLT. Uh, Galatians 2, I'm sorry, Galatians 3. Uh, one through three, one through five or six, something like that. Galatians chapter three. But I'm going to read it from the NLT. See, you have to understand the word gospel means message. The gospel means what? Message. message. So I'm going to show you. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to show you the problem that Israel had is that they left the message. Now you got to understand when they left the message is because they have been bewitched. So my teaching today has to do with Eve. Last week I asked you a question. The question was how was Eve what? Deceived, right? Or begot, deceived. How did the serpent deceive Eve? Say it with me. How did the serpent deceive Eve? So the person behind the scene always should put up the subject every now and then to remind the people of what it is. Today we talk about the woman, Eve, I'm putting in parenthesis Eve, because that's the woman. The woman means the church. So God's not talking, when God used the woman in the scripture, he's not talking about a woman cannot preach the gospel. That's why you see people uh, uh, say, why can a woman not He's not talking about a woman in Christ. There's no more male, female, born and free. Y'all one in Christ. People got this thing, a woman. Oh, it's not a woman no more. We are the body of Christ. It doesn't make any difference if you're a woman or male or female. You are the body of Christ. That means you need to learn the gospel of Christ and you need to learn how to preach it. The key is everybody can't do it from the pulpit. But everybody ought to do it. Everybody understand that? So you got to understand, you might be your mother, your brother, your sister, it may be somebody else in here, maybe somebody you got to minister to, you got to minister Christ to them. But, but, but it don't mean you're the pastor of the church. Somebody say amen. All right. I always say to people, when you stand in the place of pastor, you must understand you give yourself to open attack of the enemy. Yeah. You got to understand. You got to know who you are. I think the greatest thing that happened to me when I first started the pastor is I would never say I was a pastor. I said it to the Lord. I said, well, you, 
You show me I'm a pastor, then I say I'm a pastor. But until you show me I'm Earl Crump, brother Earl. Because that's a dangerous position to be in a position. You open yourself up. If you remember when John the Baptist came into ministry, what did they do to John? They came to John and said, are you the Christ? Tell us. If he said he was the Christ, what was going to happen? They're going to kill him. They came to Jesus and asked Jesus, are you the son of God? What if he said, oh, yeah, sure. They're going to kill him. So that's what I'm saying. That's why if you look at the Apostle Paul, Paul says he was called to be when he first started his ministry. Paul called to be. First he said, I'm a servant. Then he said, I'm called to be an apostle. Then he, see, you, he didn't just run into it and say, not like today. You know, people get into ministry today and all of a sudden they're an apostle or somebody. But anyway, that's between them and the Lord. Okay? Now, what I want to show you in today's message, because I'm dealing with the woman Eve, what happened to her? Put it back up there again. The woman, she ate of the wrong tree. Now, that was her problem. She ate of the wrong tree. Now, next week, hopefully, I'm going to get into that because I'm going to show you all the trees. What we don't understand, that Jesus is going to tell us who the tree is. Can I not do Galatia right now? Let me show them the trees. Let's go to Matthew 24. When I get to Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is going to tell his disciples something in verse 3. He's going to tell them that probably four times in the same chapter 24. And it's going to have to do with the word deceive. He, going to, he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him prayerfully saying, Tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming? Watch what Jesus is going to say to them. Go to the next verse. Next verse says to him, when is your coming and when is the end of the world? He said to them, take heed. The first thing he's going to say is take heed that no man deceive you. Because that's the first thing that's going to happen. People are not going to know the word. And they're going to begin to try to tell people the word. Just like today, people are telling you that Jesus is coming. That's what they're telling you now. They don't understand. I gave you a teaching in this series about how to know he, that he came. The book of Revelation is the, is the book of Revelation giving us the history of Jesus came to the Jews. And it was the end of the world. But the word world don't mean the end of the planet. It's the end of age. Just like it was in the days of Noah all the way to down to chapter number six. You saw that from Noah generation to the time of Noah was the end of the law. It was, seven, it was six chapters, end of the law. How do I know that? Because when you started Noah's ministry, what did it say? And Noah found grace, grace in the eyes of the Lord. That means you, you enter into the dispensation of grace. Now here in, in the dispensation of grace with Abraham, I mean, Abraham was under the dispensation of grace. Abraham had two wives. Now, if that was under the law, Guess what happened to Abraham? The law. You don't know what happened to the law if you got a two wives. Under the law, you died. All right. But anyway, that's the, it all depends on what dispensation you was under. So under the dispensation of grace. Now, I didn't tell you go out and get your two wives because you're under the dispensation of grace. All right. That ain't not what I'm saying. Pastor just got through saying this morning. You go back and listen to that. I can get me another woman. We, Abraham could have had. I didn't talk about that. All right. You're in a dispensation of grace, but you're also a new creation in Christ, too. All right. Now, we're going to go look at Eve, and we're going to show you. Uh, now, we just showed you in Matthew 24 
Uh, he said, let no man deceive you. So we're going to show you that is what happened to Eve. Then we showed you in 2 Corinthians eleven three. You can just hit on these. I'm just going to move to them in this. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 3, the first thing Paul said to the church, the church of God, which was the church of the, uh, of the days of Jesus Christ. They were called the little flock that followed Jesus Christ. They were Jews, but they were called the church of God, dormantly with the church of God. He said, but I fear less by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. Now, we're going to find out if he beguiled Eve, what did he do to Eve? See, and you have to understand, if he, if he guided her, what did he do and what did he do it to? You got to understand that. So it's not, see, we, we, take, we take a lot of physical things, and I told you there's the works of the flesh. You got to put them in their own category. When he deceived her, he deceived her mind. He corrupted what? Her mind. All right, now that's what eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil did, corrupted her mind. Now she was able to think, you ought to know that now. You, you, you got the corrupt mind before you got saved. Amen. You're able to think good and evil. And you have to keep evil out the mind. See, I, that's the warfare, right? I got to keep that evil out the mind. Because the enemy wants you, that's why you have to be very careful watching stuff, listening to stuff, because the enemy like to play it back on you, you know? But I feel that's by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety. Subtlety. So your mind, see? should be corrupted from the simplicity that in Christ. So the whole thing he did with her, he corrupted her mind. All right? Now, let's go now to Galatians 3.1. So this is what I said. I got a person in this church I was ministering to, and he, I came, he came to my office. I talked about him last week, how the Holy Ghost came up on him and ministered to him. And then he said to me, he said, you know, I found out what I was doing wrong. I was going to two churches at the same time. I was trying to go to two churches and listen to two different pastors. And I said, uh, really? Because, see, that's what happens. If I'm preaching grace here, and you go to a church preaching law or religion or tradition of men, you're going to have the spirit of confusion. Now, we're going to show you that when I go back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, we're going to pick that up later in the chapter. We're going to show you that. Go back to, go back to Galatians 3. Out of the NLT. Can we do it out of that? Okay, here we go. Oh, foolish Galatians, he said. Who has cast an evil spell on you? Otherwise, you've been up under some kind of person that has bewitched you. See? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you, and if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross, that was just that plain. Because you know his death, burial, and resurrection is how you say. Then he said, let me ask you one thing, one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Now he's asking him a question. I'm going to show you this, and we'll, we'll go to this after we finish this. That's in Acts 15, 1. Put that down. He said, now, did you receive the Holy Spirit by the law of Moses? Now, the law of Moses taught five things. Under the law of Moses, they taught the law. First of all, the law itself was ordinances. Ordinances. Ordinances took care of water baptism. As a matter of fact, I'm not even trying to show you. I'm just going to show them to you. Uh, we'll come right back here. Go to Hebrews 6 and 1. The Bible told you what they were. The ordinances is the Old Testament foundation. And God told the, 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 them, which were Jews, 
that they had to leave that old foundation and go on. People today are still trying to rebuild the old foundation. Otherwise, they want to go back to Acts chapter 2 and get saved. And when I go and show you that, I'm going to show you five, I'm at least about five ways that people tell you today how to be saved. I'm going to show you they are trees. Churches with pastors is like trees in a garden. I'm going to show you that. Therefore, leaving, this is what Paul told the church of God, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Now, the doctrine of Christ was found in 2 John 7. Matter of fact, we'll go show you that too. The doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ is not the message of Christ. Christ's doctrine is the gospel of the kingdom. Doctrine means what do you preach for salvation? Well, what did Christ preach? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you again. Matthew 4, 23. I always give you the answer. Come back and ask you the question. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That's why I always tell you, then I go ask you. Just see that you get it. So the doctrine of Christ is the gospel of the kingdom. So 1 John, when you read 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Peter, 1 and 2 Peter, James, then you are reading the message that's been given to the Jewish believer or the church of God. And much people, what they do, they would come and get what the church of God was taught and try to teach it to us today. You can't do that. The gospel that God gave you was from the apostle Paul. That's Romans eleven thirteen, right? Uh, you want to show them that quickly and get back? I think you about got the hand full already. All right. But Romans eleven thirteen told us that Paul is apostle of the Gentiles. We were Gentile believers, never Jews believers. They only have two, the Jews and Gentiles. Okay. Now, wherever you got, for as much as I speak to you Gentiles, in as much as I'm the apostle of the Gentiles, Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles. That was his office for us. All right. Peter, James, and John didn't preach to us. All right, they preached to Jews. Jesus Christ did not preach to you. Jesus Christ preached to Jews. You see, how many know the verse I need to show you? Romans 15 and 8. I'm not going to take you through that. I, I, I got to get to my message. I thought I was going to give you a little test there, but let's go to Romans 15 and 8. In Romans chapter 15 and 8, then we're going to get to the thing that we got on the screen. And Romans 15 and 8 told us the message that Jesus preached and who he preached to. See, Jesus never preached to Gentiles. Jesus preached to the Jews. He was called the minister of the circumcision. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. So you have to know who the circumcision is. Matter of fact, I'll show you that too. We go to Galatians 2, 7 next. Now I say that Jesus Christ was the minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. See, he came to bear witness of the truth. For the truth of God, to confirm, his ministry was to confirm the promises made to the Father. That's why all the promises of God now has been fulfilled because Jesus confirmed them. All right? A contract, General Motors, Ford, Chrysler, had a contract, but it was not confirmed until it was ratified or signed, right? After that, then it had been confirmed, signed, agreed upon, now it's good. All right, that's what you got to understand. So Jesus came to confirm the contract. 
That's why when Jesus Christ came, he said everything that the Father had already said to confirm the word. Jesus' ministry was, again I say to you, and by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word was established. All right, let's go ahead on. You know all this stuff. Galatians 2, 7 says, but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision, this is what Paul is saying, Paul preached the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to Paul. The uncircumcision, the people who was not circumcised, was the one Paul preached to. As the gospel of the circumcision was preached to Pete by Peter. The people that Peter preached to was the people who were circumcised who were Jews. They had a covenant of circumcision. We don't have a covenant of circumcision. Circumcision ended at the cross. But that was the Abrahamic covenant, which was the covenant of circumcision. In Abraham, all his seed would be circumcised. That's why Jesus Christ was circumcised on the eighth day. All right? But that was only to Jews believers. It had nothing to do with your salvation. But at the same time, they also, under law, had to be water baptized to obey him. That's why Jesus Christ told them that why didn't they not obey John? Because John preached the gospel of baptism, the, the repentance of baptism. So they had to be, believe John. That's not you. You're not under John's ministry. All right? That's why people tell you Acts 2.38. That's John's ministry. Repent and be baptized. You go to the Apostle Paul ministry, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. Let's go to that one first. 1 Corinthians 1, 17. So God is showing us the problem. We're going to get to Galatians 3 in a moment, then I'm going to get into my message. All right. In, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 17. Now, when Paul, they asked Paul about baptism, Paul said, Christ sent me not to baptize. Because, see, Paul was an apostle of the Gentiles, and he is under the gospel of grace, so he don't have to baptize under the gospel of grace because you're not saved by baptism, you're saved by grace. And most people have been in churches for a long time still don't know what it means by saved by grace. All right? Saved by grace means you were saved by God's divine favor. You did nothing but receive the free gift of salvation. That's by grace that you saved. Through faith, not of yourself, it is the gift of God. We're getting that sign to put up on each side. We're going to have a big letters, Ephesians 2.8. But he sent him not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross. The cross of Christ should be made in none effect. So if he were to baptize, he would take the power from the cross. Put that in the NLT or the good news. And that same verse 17, good news of NLT. So anyway, if I preach the gospel of Christ and water baptism, then the cross will lose its power. Why? Because there's only power in unity. It's no different than mama said one thing, daddy said something else, then you have divided the power. See, division means two people speak different things. All right? God did not send me to baptize, what Paul says. He sent me to tell the good news. Now, remember the word good news, because we're going to show it to you again. The good news is Christ's death, being and resurrection. And to tell it without using the human language of wisdom, the, the language of human wisdom, in order to make sure that Christ's death on the cross, watch what he says, is not robbed of his power. So what happened if I preach water baptism? 
I'm robbing Christ's death on the cross of his power. I'm dividing the power. So when you, if you go to a church and they tell you you got to be water baptized, you got to be saying, why am I water baptized? And then they may tell you, well, you got to wash away your sins. Wait a minute. The Bible told me in 1 Corinthians 15, just follow me along because I'm, I'm going to get somewhere in a minute. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4, Christ died for my sins. Wait a minute. If Christ died for my sins, then what the water are you doing? Then you're going to have to ask. See, I had to go through all of this. Then I had to ask. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which you have received and where you stand. Here's the gospel. By which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, Paul says, unless you believe in vain. Then Paul going to tell him what he preached. I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. Paul is saying, this is how I was saved. Number one, how Christ died for our sins. Well, he died on the cross, right? He died on the cross for our sins, according to the scripture. And then he was buried, and then he raised again from the dead, according to the scripture. All right? Now, he died for my sins. Now, if he died for my sins, what do that mean? Look at Romans 4.25. If he died for my sins, he died to make me right with God. Now, you got to hear me real good. If he died to make me right with God, then why did you water baptize me? Are you telling me that I'm going to get more right with God when I get water baptized than I was right when God made me right with God? <laughs> Jesus made me right with God. Are you telling me you can make me more right? Here we go. We're going to want this out the NLT. Who also delivered us for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Most people don't understand justification, so that's why I want to read it out the NLT. He was hanged over to die. Handed over. Handed over to the, to the Romans. Handed over to die because of our sins. So we see Christ again died for our sins. But then it says he was raised to life to do one purpose. Come on, I need you. I need you. Jesus was raised from the dead to make you right with God. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. I'm sorry, chapter 15, verse 14 through 17. We, we about to catch up, about to catch up. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse 14 through 17. So remember the word justification means what? Make me right with God. All right, so if Jesus Christ justified me, and I know he did, then what, what the water baptism is all about? Are you telling me you're going to make me right with God better than Jesus made me right with God? See? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. Keep going. Yea, we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ who he raised not up if be so that the dead rise not. Watch what the next verse says. And if Christ be not raised, then if... if, if if the dead rise not, then Christ not raised. And if Christ not raised, your faith is vain. And watch what he says. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, you are what? You are yet in your sin. So you got to understand something. Sins had nothing to do with what you do. Sin has to do with what Christ did. If Christ did not rise from the dead, you are yet in your sins. So people have told us, well, you got to get water baptized because you got to wash away sins. Well, what Christ raised from the dead and made me right with God. Something wrong with that picture. You write something wrong with that picture. That person don't know the word. Now I'm doing all of this because I'm going to get you to eat. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 3 out of the NLT. Galatians 3, start with verse 1. We're in the NLT. 
Just want to get your attention. Galatians chapter 3, we want to go look at the NLT. Then we're going to go back to Genesis because I'm going to show you the problem with this. The problem was she didn't know the word. And that's what I have found out when people go to church. They don't know the word. And you know what? I, I, I don't blame the man or the woman who's behind the pulpit. I blame you. You go to school all your life. Got D, 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 degree, then D, D, got them all, and go sit up under somebody who don't know, know nothing about the Bible. So I'm not blaming that person. Your soul is at stake. All right, well, that's my cut. I don't care who he is. I'm not dying. I'm not dying going to hell for nobody. If you don't know the word, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you wouldn't say it this way. Now, you wouldn't say this. You know what? You know, I got my niece, my, my daughter, Fong. They always bless us. Grace finally got her back. She's been everywhere. We're going to talk, okay? All right. Well, here we go. And the sister sitting back there with Jean. Them my daughters, I have to keep an eye on them. They be everywhere. All right, let me move on. See, they don't know what I said. I got away with it. But this is my, this is my point. Watch what Paul's going to do with this church. The problem with this church was they'll let anybody tell them anything. That's where I'm going. I want that the NLT now. Watch what he says. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Plain and simple. Let me ask you this one more question. Now, you heard people tell you you can't get the Holy Ghost then you get water baptized. How many has heard that? That's not the New Testament. Some of y'all, I'm going to pray for you. You won't even raise your hand, but I'm going to pray for you. But watch what it says. He said, let, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? What is he saying? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by water baptism? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you got circumcised? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when they washed your feet? You were sitting there washing your feet. You were like, oh, my God. No, you didn't receive no Holy Ghost because they washed your feet. Don't lie. Ain't no Holy Ghost came upon you because you washed your feet. Or you got in the whole tub of water. Hold. You didn't see it get the Holy Ghost because you got in the tub. Now you could have got out and jumped all up and all, but you didn't get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, praise God. You can't get saved without the Word. I don't care what this. Here, let me ask you this one thing. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? All that's the law of Moses. All that stuff, communion, serving, Passover, all that's, all that's the law of Moses. Don't let nobody fool you. All that's the law of Moses. Churches shut down in Michigan, go to another state to have holy conversation. I want to say holy conversation. I want, I want to say holy conversation because you ain't having no holy convocation. <laughs> if I get a chance, I'll bust your butt before I leave. <laughs> Leviticus 23 told you all of that stuff was to the Jewish believers. Holy convocation will never get the Gentile until we got into the new covenant. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, never. Okay, come on. You ever read Leviticus 25, 23? The whole chapter is telling them the everything, and it says to, that was a holy convocation. Everything was to the Jewish believers. I don't know how in the world we got hooked on that one. Not us here, churches. All right, now, let me ask you this one question again here in verse 2. Did you receive the Holy Ghost by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not, he says. You received the Spirit because you did, watch this, you believed the message. You did what? Believe. 
You believe the message you heard about who? Christ. Yeah, you believe the message you heard about Christ. Now, how foolish can you be? He's not dumb, this church. Because this church was in grace when he left. When he, see, Paul did three missionary journeys. So when he came back, they had left grace. They went back over there to Jerusalem, and they had already brought their offering, brought their sin offering. They goat, they lamb, they turtle dove, pigeon and stuff. They had brought their stuff for they be able to be at that church. They had went back to circumcision, went back to all this other stuff. That's what the Bible's about. He said, now how foolish can you be? After starting your new life in the spirit, why are you not trying to become perfect? Remember, you was made right with God through his resurrection, right? Come on, I gave you Romans 4, 25. Justification means what? God made us right, right? God made us right, right? But he's saying, listen, why are you not trying to become right with God by your own human effort? Can't you see if a man trying to get water baptized, he's trying to get right with God. You watch a person take communion on Sunday. You might not have looked at him. But once they took communion with God, the first thing they did, if they had to go, praise God. I'm not, uh. Once they took that communion, once they took communion, they put that thing up and they let you know, I'm out of here. They think they're right with God now. Now, my sister here, no. My sister here, no. I always get you to witness. This is one of our ministers here. I always get her to witness. At a Catholic church, why are all those people over there on Saturday? They go in and confess their sins. Oh! They got to go on sad to confess their sins. What if they don't go sad and confess their sins? They can take communion on Sunday. They can't take communion on Sunday. <laughs> yes, that's if you don't take the com If you don't go sad and confess your sins, you can't go Sunday and take communion. And you're saved by water baptism. That's why they were baptized a baby. And so that baby saved for life. And you and people sit there and go, give me a baby. See, I'm gonna get into all that. See, all that is trees. So if Eve ate the wrong tree, is my message. Eve, how, how was Eve, how was Eve mind corrupt? She ate the wrong tree. So every one of us is at a place. Well, they could be eating of the wrong tree. Now, let's go show you what the tree is before we go. Now, let's go and show you the tree. Go to Matthew 7, 15. Let's show you the tree. People don't know a tree when they see one. They, they go to church, they go to church all their life, and, and somebody say, well, who is the tree in that church? Well, we got one over that corner. Over that corner. Man, we ain't talking about that. You got a tree, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to go back to Genesis, what Eve was, she didn't know the word. That's where we're going next. Her problem is she did not know the word. The enemy is going to come against her, but he's going to come against the word, but she don't know the word. So because she don't know the word, he's going to deceive her. See, he can't deceive you if you know the word. Can't nobody deceive you if you know. <laughs> Can't nobody. That's why Jesus told people how to be free. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You cannot be de deceived about nothing that you know the truth about. 
Is that right? If you know how to drive a car, and if I walk up to you and say, you know what? That car you driving right there, so-and-so, so-and-so, there is a lot. This is my car, and, and don't speak no negative of my car. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Because they don't let you. Because people, if they try to tell you a lie about your car, you, you can resist it. But if you don't know, you entertain. That's what happened with her. All right. Now, we're going to look at that, but we're going to look at this verse first. And after that, we're going to go back to Genesis 2, 16 and 17. We're going to start there. Beware of false prophets. Wait a minute. If she ate the wrong tree, then you got to know in the Bible, what is the tree? So you got to understand, in this church, here's the tree. God likened us to a tree. Now, we should have got that in Psalm 1. Okay, when you go to Psalm 1. Let's see how well you know your Bible. Now, if you see your sister or brother way over there somewhere going toward Revelation, help them out of there. They'll never get to know Psalms over there. Psalms 1. Now, in Psalm 1, we're going to start out with blessed. Psalm 1, going to start out with blessed. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's an awesome verse. Because when you go to church, the word walketh means live your life because of the counsel of the ungodly. Here's a person that is ungodly giving you counsel. And you living your life because of it. You get your counsel from here. So he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. See, he's saying here, I got to watch by when, I, when I come here and say who I am. And God, if God didn't put me over, over you, the devil did. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, Old Testament was the law of the Lord. In his law does he meditate day and night. Then he's going to go into a verse 3, and he shall be like a tree. The man, he's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Well, if God put me here, then I'm planted by the rivers of of living water. And I'm going to bring forth fruit in his season. My leaf shall not wither and whatsoever I do going to prosper. That's what you're supposed to look at. If I can't see that in my life, how is it going to happen to you? Okay, now let's go back to where I told you to go before. Did I say we're going to Genesis 2, 16, 17? I said, Matthew, we didn't finish Matthew. Matthew 7, 15, only verse I read. Uh, and seven, we're going to read the rest of that Matthew 7. Now, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is going to give you false prophets. See, it's something we said we have the Holy Ghost, but we can't discern that there's a person up there who has a devil. But we said we can discern. How can you discern and the person in the pulpit has a devil? Or not saved or something. 
Verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but in with them they are ravening wolves. See, the heart of that person is a wolf. They're out to get you. They're going to get your money. They're going to get everything you have valuable. They're a thief. And John 10 and 10 said, The thief come but for the steal, kill, and destroy. So you already know they're going to try to get you. See, this is the kind of person that Jesus Christ, I mean, God told Israel about their king. You go back and get a king. If he's not me, this is what he's going to do to you. See, that's what happened when people go out, we're going to go out and get us a pastor. But let the Lord give you a pastor. All right, now here we go. You shall know them by their fruits. S. That's a different than the word fruit and the word fruits. The word fruits is works. Works. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruits is works. So you ought to be able to look at the person's life. That's why God told you to know them that labor among you. You ought to be able to look at a person's life and see do they qualify according to the scripture to be where they are. The Bible plainly told you if I am who I am, then you can look at my wife and my children. Because a man know not how to take care of his own house. See, I'm talking to folks who both know the word. I don't, I, don't, I, I have, I'm ministering to YouTube now. I'm not even here no more. I'm, all, I'm out there somewhere. Because you're supposed to know by now. So I have to minister the word, whether you say amen or anything else, because I got too big of audience now. I'm just being honest. I got people calling me from Africa and Russia and everywhere else. I ain't, I ain't talking to nobody. <laughs> My wife will tell you, I said, I got... I said, I don't know who it is, but I am not answering nobody. <laughs> Get your own pastor. I'm sent to this church right here. <laughs> you shall know them by their fruits. Now, watch what he's going to tell you now. You shall know them by their fruits. That's the verse you gave. If, you, if a man know not how to take care of his own house, how shall he take care of God? Take care of the church of God. Okay, let's go back to work here. Matthew 7, 16, right? All right, in Matthew 7, 16, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns? Now he's telling you about his life. Does men gather grapes of thorns? We're waiting on you. Matthew 7 and 16, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns, figs of thistles? Oh, the answer is no. You don't get figs off a tree that has thistles. If anybody know about a fig tree? Oh, Lord, Jesus. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Then it said, verse 17, every good tree bringing forth good fruit. You do agree with that one, don't you? If the tree is good, it's going to have good fruit. All right. But a corrupt tree is going to have what kind of fruit? Eve. Now, Eve ate of the wrong tree. What produced her in her life after that? <laughs> the tree was good and evil. I wish I had. I wish I just had. Now, I, I, this is why a preacher always said it. I wish I had a witness up in here. The tree was what? Come on, the tree was corrupt. If something is corrupt, 
it means it's good and evil. Do you understand what corrupt means? If something corrupt, it's corrupted. You can't eat that. It's good and evil. All right. Every tree, every good tree brings forth. If it's a good tree, it's got good fruit. If it's corrupt, it's going to bring forth evil fruit, right? Or it's going to have good and evil in it, right? You can't have that. That's corrupt. All right. I'm, I'm waiting on the, to do this thing. Is that why I am right there? A good tree cannot... A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. It can't do it. So you ought to know if, if, if you see the corruptness in a person's life, then you got to know the tree. Something wrong with the tree. Every tree that brings forth not good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. That's what happened with them. Wherefore, by their fruit shall you know them. Now let's go back to Genesis because I got I to gotta get this. Oh, my Lord. Now, the problem with Eve, she didn't know the word. Let me show you what I mean. Go back to Genesis chapter number 2, start with verse 9 first. Genesis 2 and 9 first, then we're going to go to 16 and 17. We're moving. And Genesis 2, 9. Out, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree, that's pleasant to the sight. Number one, pleasant to the sight. Number two, good for food. The tree of life also was in the midst of the God. Where was the tree of life? And if I got a comma and I'm getting ready to join something, you don't take anything away with an and, you're going to join like, like, a, like a train. You get ready to add another caboose, right? Not a car. All right. And uh, what you're talking about the tree of life also is in the midst of the garden. And he tell you what's in the midst of the garden. And I'm waiting on the name. And of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life is in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So did you see both trees in the midst of the garden? I need you to be a witness. Did you see both trees in the midst of the garden? Because when we go back and listen to Eve, she didn't see both in the garden. God told her both trees in the midst of the garden. The tree of good, a tree of, uh, of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now let's go and see. Let's go and see. Uh, 16, 17 is what I'm waiting on. Genesis 2, 16, 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the, that thou may eat, freely eat. Every tree. Every tree. What did he say? You can eat every tree. All right. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So only one tree he told him not to eat. Isn't that right? Go to Genesis 3 and 1. Let's see that this girl know the Bible. Here come the serpent. Now what he coming for to see did she know the word? Because God just gave her the word. Hallelujah, just left church this morning. Praise the Lord. But do you know the word? Oh, that's fine, but do you know the word? Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, yeah, has God said, which God just told him in chapter 4 that, right? 
Let me, let me say it again. Let me say it again. I said God just told her the chapter before, right? All right. What did he tell her? First he says, you can eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of neither good and evil, you shall not eat of it, lest you die, right? He didn't tell her nothing about no touching it. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Hold your hands straight up in the air. Keep your hands up. And he said to the woman, Yea, has God said? Has God said? What would he want to find out? She want to know that he know the what? Did God say this? Did God tell you you shall not eat of every tree of the God? Did God say that? Now watch what she's going to say. Flow with me. You got to flow with me. Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it. Wait a minute, that's the one he wants you to eat. What was in the midst of the garden? The tree of life. Now we know the tree of neither the good and evil also were there, but watch what she did. She said, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, but neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So the tree God told her to eat is the one. She said, she said, God told me not to eat that. Now I already know as a pastor, like I said, I've been ministering 40 years. Been in ministry 40 years. This is our third move. We start off in the basement of my little king. Walking in the water. What well, seats would move when you get up? You have to tell the person on the other end, I'm getting ready to get up. Because if you get up, they're going to be. <laughs> when you go to the bathroom, I said, now watch, going to tell you stockings. So we went through all those areas. We had kerosene heaters, all broken windows in the place. You know, it was really bad. So we went through some things. And we know the only way we got to where we are today is because of the word. That's, that's how we got to where we are today. Wasn't no man, wasn't no Pastor Crump, wasn't no, it was the, the word. And we're not going to change. We're not going to do nothing but give you the word. All right, now, we, where was I? Okay, we just have to keep me up here because I got, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse number four, what are we waiting on? We just... And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. See, you question the word? But she didn't know the word. I'm going to show you why I know she didn't know the word. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, watch what's going to happen. Your eyes shall be opened, you're going to be as God's knowing good and evil. Wait a minute. You're going to be knowing good and evil. That ain't what God wanted her to know. God didn't want her to know evil. Come on, you got children. Do you not want them to know evil? The woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. In verse 6, watch the three things here. The woman saw that the tree was, number one, good for food. Now, what you want to put in your Bible here, the lust of the flesh. 
she saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh. It was pleasant to the eye, lust of the eyes. And that tree was desired to make one wise, the pride of life. These are the lies of the devil. Sex, money, and power. If you go down, you're going down because the devil deceived you. The devil has three things that he will deceive you with, and that's sex, money, and power. Like I said, I've been a pastor for 40 years. You have to watch it. You have to watch yourself. As a young pastor, you got to watch yourself. You got to make sure you get your good wife. See, I got a good wife up there. My wife and I will be married Christmas Day 50 years. 50. You got to have that under control. You got to gird up the loins of your mind. Hallelujah. But you got to make sure that you got a wife because you can't be lusting after the women. The enemy will play you. I could tell y'all some things today and y'all be like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Let me move on. Just believe what I'm saying. Those are the devil power. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, lust of the, eye, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. Those are sex, money, and power. You go through Genesis all the way down, you'll see how the enemy defeated man. He did it with one of those weapons. See, if I go back to Solomon, Samson, any of those people, David, doesn't make any difference. Now, they try to get Joseph. They try to get Joseph. Joseph, he got him out. I like that. That woman came in and Joseph and said, look, look, the master's gone for the weekend. Come, ho, ho, ho. No, no, no. How can I do this thing against my Lord? See, he loved the Lord. That's why he could not do that against God. Well, you go back, David, they got David. David's up on top of his house one day looking all down. There's a woman down there bathing naked. Another man's wife. He said, oh, my God. Uh, he told this man, look, send the boy to the front line. Get him killed. I got to have her. So you got to understand something. All the way through the word, when God don't trust you to do what happened in here, he got to find somebody that he can trust that will pass the test of sex, money, and power. And if you can't do that, you can't, do, you can't be used by God because the enemy going to bring you down. Three things. So those three things are what you saw. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, number one, it was, it was pleasant to eye, number two, desire to make one wise. She took of it. And she did eat. And when that happened, she ate. Now remember, we're going to get to next week, we're going to show you that word eat is what we're going to show you. She ate. And the eyes of them both were open. When she ate, the eyes were open. We might tell you what eat means to believe. And the word drink means to hear and see. And when we get to that, we're going to show you that. That's why Jesus said, if you'll eat my flesh and drink my blood, he's not talking about physical naturally. Because John 6, 63 said, the word that I speak to you, there's spirit in their life. The eyes of them both were open. They knew they were naked. And they sewed figly together and made themselves apron. Here's the last thing. Now, 
Now, we're not going any further. We're done with that. We're done with that. But we are seeing what happened to the woman. And when we saw what happened to the woman, then we got to be able to say, how, how did the enemy deceive Eve? Because he deceived her with his subtlety. He deceived her because she didn't know the word. He deceived her because of the, go to 1 John 2, 15, 16, 17, and I'm going to have to stop for today. 1 John chapter 2. See, the world is how the enemy will deceive you. If you have a love for the world, what do that mean? Why would God tell you love not the world? Because if you have not come to a conclusion, this, the church is where I'm supposed to be. See, a lot of folks not sold out. They'll leave the church for the world. They will be deceived. You don't go to the world and get back easy. When you got a gift and God uses you in the church, you got to remain in the church and let God use you in the church. Because if you go out here and use that gift in the world, you may not never get back to the church. I'm waiting on the scripture, 1 John 2, 15. I'm always waiting on you. Love not the world. Love not the world, neither the thing that's in the world. See, this is what John 1, the church of God, about is don't you love the world, neither the thing that's in the world. Now, watch what he tell you what's in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father's not in him. If any man love the world, the love of the Father's not in him. For all that's in the world, number one, is the lust of the flesh. This is what you're going to get when you leave God, go to the world. This is what you're going to go to. That's where that. It's not in Christ, it's in the world. So love not the world, other things that's in the world. If any man love the world, love the Father not in him. For all that's in the world, number one, the lust of the flesh. Number two, the lust of the eyes. And number three is the pride of life. That's the world. It's not of the Father. It's of the world. But then he told them, said, listen, this is what happened to the world. The world passed away. All that stuff you going out here, leaving God, going to get, it's going to pass away. You're going to lose that. And you're going to lose the lust. All that's going to pass away. But he that do the will of God is going to abide forever. And the will of God is to believe on his son for his death, and resurrection. That person will be here forever. This person who leave God for the world is going to pass away. Don't let nothing, 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 Nobody take you away from the word. I'm here to help you. When I laid on my back and told that doctor to go head on, if I didn't have this word, God is my witness, I really believe this, I would have lost my mind. The greatest fear I had was getting my mind back. My wife will tell you, when I even got to the hospital, I was going through it, but anybody had major surgery know what I'm talking about. You have to get your mind back. Especially that, because they had stopped my life for so many hours, like six or seven hours, then they had to get me going back. Yeah, get your mind back. If they had not come in my room where I was, when they did, I probably would have pulled all the tools out. I didn't know who I was. I thought they had, like Samson, when he woke up, I thought they had bind me, had bind you, Samson. I'm getting out of this mess. And the woman said, where you going? What you doing? I said, are you done, ain't you? 
if you don't know. Don't tell me what you do. You don't know what you would do. God have to give you the Holy Spirit to keep your mind. If it wasn't for the Spirit of the Lord, I I'm done. I'm going to stop right there. Come on, wife. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.